sex. We don't talk about it enough. When God created humans, he told them to be fruitful and multiply. Sex in the right context is good, but it's such a hard topic to talk about. And it's probably because we don't talk about it enough. Welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. This week, we're talking about sex. This is a conversation for everyone. Whether you're single, dating, married, you have kids or you don't, it's important for every one of us to realize God's intention for sex in our lives so we can be purposeful in living a life that honors Him and honors others. I had the honor of sharing this week with my wonderful wife, and so talking about sex today, here's myself, Kayla Bagby, and my wife, Alita Bagby. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to New Community Church. Um, If I haven't gotten the chance to meet you, my name is Alita Bagby. And I'm Kayla Bagby, her husband. Yes, And and we are excited to be able to speak with you guys to just have this conversation together. Today's going to be a lot of fun because we are talking about sex. Mm. Yeah, we're going to set the mood. we are. And we're going to get real. (laughs) It it really is going to be a good conversation, though. um, And we're glad you guys are here. We can discuss it together. Yeah, today, uh, see what God has to say about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we are in the series, He Said, She Said. And so it's been a couple weeks. We've talked about conflict. And we've talked about healthy relationships and boundaries. And today we are talking about sex. And um, this applies to everyone in the room. So no matter what season that you're in, it applies for you because we are all sexual people. And so um, we need to talk about it. We're more open with it. Uh, we've been married for nine months now. Let's so go. we're still considered nine newlyweds. Nine awesome months. Yeah, so if there are any other newlyweds in the place. Um, But if you're dating someone, if you're single, uh, maybe you're a teenager in the room, or maybe you're a parent of a teenager, there is some really great wisdom throughout scripture um, in this area. And so um, today, we're not going to be able to cover everything. There are a lot of topics when it comes to sex. We're not going to be able to jump into sexual identity or orientation. Um, and probably the thing that's in your mind right now that you're hoping that we bring up, we probably won't specifically. Um, but our hope today is that we can open the conversation for us to be able to open openly talk about sex with our spouses, with our families, with this community, and then moving forward, we can open up our lives to God's perspective on this area. Yeah, that's really Mm -hmm. good. And we want to first look at God's perspective in this area. So um, as we start this conversation about sex and its place in our life and how to go about this in a healthy way, um, we want to understand what the Bible has to say about it, um, to understand where, where God has placed sex in our life and what that means for us, how we can, um, how it's a part of our life in a healthy way. So we're going to look in the Bible. If you want to go ahead and open up a Bible that you have, um, if you don't have one, the seat in front of you, if you look under that, under the seat, you'll find a Bible that you can open up and open up to Genesis um, in the very beginning, Genesis chapter one. We'll read a few verses here and just look at some of what God has to say and understand this is like the framework of this conversation. Um, this is what we're going to keep coming back to as we um, discuss this together. And ultimately, the Word of God is what we weigh our whole lives against. This is what we go back to in every area of our life. Um, in this specific area, the world teaches us that whatever feels good is good for us. It, the world tells us that if it feels right to you, then it must be right. And no one can really tell you otherwise because if that's what you feel, then that's got to be true. But we don't live by what the world has to say, or we don't live by our feelings. They don't determine our actions or determine 
of what is true to us. The Bible, the Word of God, Jesus determines to us what is true and what is good for us. And so we will keep coming back to the Bible and not just living by our feelings, but we do want to know what God's Word has to say about uh, this topic. So what do we learn from the Bible in regards to sex? Well, I want to look at the very beginning, and um, this is significant to look at God's original creation. Because as you read through Genesis, those first few chapters, it's an account of God creating the world, creating man and woman, and this is God's intention for us, um, the life of living with him as he's walking with his creation, and this is before sin enters the world. So we now live in a world that is, you know, post-sin, you know, like sin is a part of our lives, um, but in this original, these first couple chapters, you see God's original intention for his creation. And so it's important that we look at what God originally intended for us. In the beginning, um, in Genesis 1, 27 to 28, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so I want to just stop for a second and remind you, you are made in God's image. Each one of us, every other human being around you, if you look to your right, look to your left, that human is made in the likeness of God. And that's significant. That's really important that we realize that. And it says, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Come on. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Go make some babies. And so we see in the beginning God created sex as something that he Im implemented in our lives, and it's a good thing. And it's something that was in the, his original creation of man and women. And so then when we look in chapter 2, it's continuing this account of God creating man, creating woman. And when Eve was created, this is what Adam said. He says, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And the scripture continues, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Just in the same way as we see in God's original creation, that as Adam and Eve were created as one together, this unit, that we are to do the same. Sex has a place in that relationship, that covenant relationship between a man and a woman who have committed their life together to live as one. And so this is something he's called us to do as well. And he says, be fruitful and multiply. Sex is good in this correct context. And so we do need to understand what this context is. But even when we look just like very literally at our bodies as a man, as a woman, like we are in our anatomy, we are created to be able to reproduce. That's how we were designed. Um, and that's just very natural. And what I'm saying is not that you have to have sex sometime in your lifetime to fulfill your your destiny or your design, but what I'm saying is that we're all sexual beings, so this is something that every single one of us will deal with in some way. And we have to understand we're not alone because every one of us will, will deal with sexual feelings or thoughts, and you're not doing it on your own. Every single one of us is going to wrestle with it in some way, and we need to know that. Sex is good, but it can be dangerous. Uh, we are all sexual beings, so we are all susceptible to sexual sin. And sin is simply when we miss the mark. And so when we live in a way that is different than God had intended us to live, then that is sin. And when we look at the Bible, you can see really clearly here in Genesis, but also throughout the Bible, that God created sex for the context of marriage between a man and a woman. God created sex 
in, for the context of marriage between a man and a woman. And so because of this, all sex outside of this covenant committed relationship between a man and a woman is sin. That's missing the mark of what God originally intended for us. In Hebrews, it says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. And the Bible extensively warns us against sexual sin. In 1 Thessalonians, he says, God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. 1 Corinthians, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And later in that chapter, he says, flee from sexual sin. This is a big deal. It's not something that we can take lightly. And today we're not trying to be harsh, but we do want to be very clear about what God has said about this. That God has specific, uh, in, he has a specific intention for sex in our lives in a proper context. And so we need to know that so that we can be intentional about living in a way that's honoring to God. Yeah, and this isn't a list of do's and don'ts um, or that God doesn't want us to have fun or we'll be missing out on something. That's a lie from the enemy, even from the beginning, that God's holding something back from us. That's simply not the case. But whatever God has for us is good. Whatever guidelines that he has set for us are good. Um, in the book of Song of Solomon, it's a really spicy book of the mm, Bible. I see. Yeah. Um, after about eight chapters in uh, of this sharing, this deep love and writing out all this poetry and this sexual excitement, the young woman says, promise me, O women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. And it's this really special um, passage. It's like, this is so good. This is so awesome. This timing is so right. Like, please, friends, please, all these people I'm celebrating with, don't rush. Don't awaken love before it's time because it's worth it. This is so valuable. This is so good. And whatever God has for us is good. Whatever his timing is, is good for us. And so for all of you out there in the room who are single, who want to get married, want to do that, then, yeah, wait. Don't rush into it. It's so good. But I think it applies for all of us if we are 60 and single it's going to be good. If we are married at 20 and have a bunch of kids, it's going to be good. Whatever God has for us is good. It's a promise of his. And so we can rest assured we don't need to rush into anything. We don't want to make something happen without it being God's timing. Yeah, really good. And when we're talking about sin or right or wrong, it's not about keeping this manual handy so that we can make sure we're following all the rules as closely as possible. But what it comes down to is honor. I want to live a life that honors God, and I hope that you do, that we would want to live a life that honors God, and so that's why we do the things we do, or that's why we won't do the things we won't, because it's either honoring or it's not to our Lord, our Creator, and this isn't because I'm forced to as a Christian to do certain things or not, or I feel obligated to, but it's just because I want to honor God with the choices that I make, and I think it's really important when we look at the Bible to realize that the, the scriptures level loving God and loving other people. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus is answering this question, what's the greatest commandment? 
And Jesus in his words say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind, with all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. As we see in the scripture, that loving other people is very similar, and he says equally important to loving God. How we love other people is a reflection of how we love God. If you think about this, we are all created in God's image, in his likeness. The person sitting next to you is created in the likeness of God. That's a big deal. And how we love that person is a reflection of how we love God because they are in his likeness. And so if we dishonor the people around us, other humans, we are dishonoring God himself. And it's important that we realize how we love other people is a reflection of how we love God. And especially in the sexual relationship where it involves more than one person, that you are either honoring or dishonoring somebody as well as God himself because they are made in his likeness, in his image, as well as each of us. As a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, we should be, we should be intentionally honoring ourself and the other people around us. So this is what we weigh our actions against. Am I honoring and respecting this person well? Is this respecting and loving my heavenly father? Am I honoring, am I honoring them, honoring God right now? When your wife is at home and doesn't know you're out with another woman, are you showing honor to your wife in that moment? Because that reflects the honor that you're showing to God. When you're watching that naked person on the screen, is that honoring to the person that you're watching? It's, is it honoring to yourself? Let's be men and women of love and of respect and of honor and be intentional about living a life that honors our Lord. And so how do we do this? Well, this morning, we want to encourage each one of you and that we would all have this specific action step moving forward that we can step into the more full life God has for us in a life that is more honoring to him as well. And I want everybody to say, talk about it. Talk about it. Everybody say, talk about it. Talk about it. Come on, look to the person behind you and say, talk about it. <laughs> we always go left and right. It's, it, we have to get this. It's so important for us to talk about sex. We have to talk about it and make this a normal conversation. And this goes for every single person in the room, okay? No one's excluded from this. We all need to talk about it a little bit more because every one of us are sexual beings, which means that every one of us will deal with it in some way. And it's this amazing paradox how sexual thoughts and feelings and behaviors is something we're all dealing with, but we never talk about it. And every single one of us are wrestling with it, but none of us can talk about it with each other. And... It can be a little awkward because it's personal and it's really emotional. And sometimes we don't understand it well to be able to talk about it enough. But the main reason I think that sex and pornography and lust is so awkward to talk about is because we just don't do it enough. We don't talk about it enough. And it's kept secret. People keep it to themselves. And then it destroys them from the inside because they don't know how to wrestle and navigate these things on their own. If you're married in the room you've got to talk about sex. If you're a parent, you have to talk about sex. If you're single, you have to talk about sex. If you're dating, you have to talk about sex. And I want to break it down just a little bit. If you're in a dating relationship and you never talk about the physical boundaries you're going to have with that person, you're going to get in some trouble. Okay, you have to be very clear and open about those boundaries. Alina and I, when we were dating, knew we weren't going to have sex until we were married. 
if that happened then. It did. So um, we knew what that boundary was, though. We knew we weren't going to see each other naked until we were married. We knew what those boundaries were because we talked about them and said them out loud to each other. And if you don't do that, then it's all in your head, and you're like, maybe this, maybe that. Then you find yourself in a situation where you're all snuggled up together, okay? You're a little kissy-kissy, little rubby-rubby. And you find yourself in a situation where you never meant to be in the first place. Because now you come back to that, that question, is this my, my boundary? But you're like, ah, well, this feels really good. So, like, maybe it's not. Like, we didn't really set anything, so that's really fine. And then you go further than you intended to in the first place. So be clear about those boundaries. If you're dating, talk about it. If you're single in the room, talk about it. You need to talk to somebody about sex, about the feelings, the thoughts that you're having as a single person. This conversation still applies to you. This is, every single one of us needs somebody in our life that we look up to spiritually that will ask us questions and say, have you been looking at porn this week? Have you been um, living a life that is pure and honoring to your wife? Have you been honoring the Lord? What kind of feelings have you been wrestling with? We need people to talk about it with and not have to just wrestle and be confused and let it eat us up on our own. So even if you never get into a romantic relationship in your life, purity is so important to live a life that is honoring to God. So every single one of us needs to have somebody that we're talking about it with. Yes, and spouses. So if you're married in the room, I'm going to share a little bit with y'all. So spouses, you've got to talk about it. I've got to. When Caleb and I were dating and engaged and going through like premarital counseling and things, several times I thought, of course you talk about it. You're having sex. You're talking about it. But that's just not the case. A lot of times we don't talk about it outside of that moment. And Really, it causes a lot of issues in marriages. That and finances are the top reasons why people get divorced. It's a big deal, and we have to talk about it openly with each other. And so um, it's not like I think we don't want to talk about it. It's sometimes we just don't have the space for it. We don't have the right time outside of a really emotional time to be able to speak openly with each other about sex. And so we just have to prioritize it. It's not anyone's fault, but we have to set aside a time to talk about sex with spouses. So um, I'm going to share a few things. Number one, start by picking a neutral time and place. So a neutral time, not before or after sex, a neutral time. Pick the time in advance, not like a spontaneous, hey, we're going to talk about this right now. Pick a time in advance that both of you know, and pick a neutral location, so not the bedroom. Maybe it's the living room, a, a neutral time and place that you guys know about. Also, while you're talking, the goal is to feel more connected with each other, closer to each other. Build that intimacy up. It starts, I love, in the middle, it's love. The end, it's love. It's not to push your own agenda or to criticize in any way. It's all to feel closer together and open up that um, intimacy. Be specific. This is your spouse, the person you're going to be married to the rest of your life. Be specific. It might be a little awkward at first, but you're going to be awkward together, and so it's fine. So just be awkward together. It's fine. And it'll soon become not so awkward. So say specific things in the way that you're describing or encouraging. Things like, I feel this way when you do this. Or, I liked this that we did the other day. Be specific when you're talking. And eventually, it won't be quite so awkward. And if there are things that you want to bring up, um, there's now a space that you could do that without 
you know, being in that kind of sexual moment. You have a space that you can talk about it. Um, so it's really important to talk often. You don't have to solve everything in that one time or, you know, if you know that you need to in today or this week you're talking, you don't have to lay everything out and, like, be be um, just this is the one time to get everything out. Talk often. Eventually it won't be so awkward, and you'll be able to have a space to share with each other. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. And as a being married in that relationship, with sex in that relationship, it's very emotional as well, that connection that you're making with one another. And so having that conversation is so helpful, being able to share your thoughts or even concerns with what the other person's thinking and being able to ask questions and things like that. And so just emotionally helping you grow a little closer together and be very clear about what's going on in your head is really, really helpful. I want to take a moment and talk to all the parents in the room. Um, If you are a parent in the room, you have to talk about sex. Um, And I've been on the other side of this conversation because we're not parents yet. Um, But I've been on the other side of the conversation, and I've known a lot of people who have been as well that wish things were different as they were growing up at home. And Alita and I both have awesome parents. They love us super well, super supportive in everything that we do. But this conversation about sex and purity and pornography and these, these thoughts and feelings is something that we wish was more common around home when we were growing up, uh, more normal. When I was young, I wrestled with pornography, and I felt like it, I had to figure it all out on my own, like I was by myself, and I didn't know what to do because this felt really good. But then I felt really guilty, and I knew that it was wrong, but what do I even do with all of these thoughts? And so I felt like I was wrestling with it on my own, and even though I was heavily involved in church all through school, I didn't have someone who was regularly asking me about the kind of lustful thoughts I may be having or the feelings that I was having, and then how to appropriately respond to those things. And every once in a while it might get brought up, but if it's not that often, like it's easy to just say, yeah, everything's fine, just kind of brush it off and move on. But I need someone to dig a little deeper, someone who is like, hey, what's really going on? Like, Are you being real with me? Like, be honest. Someone who's really digging in a little bit and someone who is going to help me realize these thoughts, they're normal. It's okay. They don't define me, but helping me be able to to navigate and work through it together. So if you're a parent in the room, sex needs to be a regular and open conversation in your home. It has to be. Sex has to be a regular and open conversation in your home. I've worked with teenagers for a long time, and this conversation of sex and pornography and love, they're talking about this stuff. Kids are talking about it. Whether you like them to talk about it or not, they are, and they have a lot of access to this stuff, way more now than even a few years ago. On the average, males will view porn for the first time at the age of 12. And when I was a kid, I had my own room, and I eventually had a smartphone, and that's kind of a recipe for disaster for a teenager. Like, I, I was able to Google anything that I wanted without accountability. I found myself, like, looking at stuff I didn't know how to deal with, and I didn't have someone to talk about it with. And with, even without a device, kids have access to someone else's. Their friends have devices. Their friends may be going out and have sex on their own, so they're talking about it. They're going to be exposed to it, and they need to hear about it from you first. Kids will be exposed to this stuff, and they have to hear it from you first. 
And maybe you've already missed being the first one, but they've got to hear about it from you. This needs to be an open conversation. This is a conversation that you are going to have to start. As a kid, it's almost impossible to bring it up and say, hey, can we talk about sex to your parent? And so parents, you have to be the one to start this conversation. And if your uh, kids are in the room right now, you're welcome because we have started this conversation for you. Um, this is something you can continue on today. And I'm serious. I'm challenging you, like, continue this conversation today. But maybe you didn't expect it, but we have started this and opened this conversation Whether your kids you. want to talk about it or not, you start the conversation. Right. And it's something that whether they, you know, feel like they need to or not, they need to be able to talk about it with you. And if you don't start this conversation, your kids are going to go find someone else. Or they're going to go find something else to give them answers. Because they're curious. They're like, I don't know what to do with these thoughts. Like, where's this coming from? They're going to Google stuff. They're going to ask their friends. And they're going to ask maybe someone else's parents. And these other people may not have any kind of biblical context for what sex means in their life. And they need to hear from you. What does the Bible say? What does God have for me when it comes to sex? Is this even normal? They need to know that it's okay to be having the thoughts they're having. Work through it together. Don't let them do this on their own. You know that they will deal with sexual thoughts and feelings, so what are they going to do with it? You have a say. You have a God-given opportunity to be the ones that they go to to talk about sex as their parents. So don't shy away from it. If you know they're going to be wrestling with it, let's do it together. Remind them that they can talk to you and dig in a little bit. Ask them questions. Be the one who's really concerned about where they're at with the things they're thinking and the things they're feeling. Alita and I, by the grace of God, were able to wait until we were married to have sex for the first time. But still growing up, we wish that things were different and things would have been so much easier to navigate and understand if this was a regular conversation that we knew it wasn't something we had to be ashamed of thinking and feeling, but we could talk about it and we could put it out in the open and realize we're all going through it together. Um, I want to challenge you to address it with your kids before it becomes a secret. If you don't do it quickly, then they're going to keep it to themselves and they'll never let it open to you. And so I want to encourage you, do not wait to talk to your kids they're going to keep it to themselves, and it's going to destroy them. They're going to carry it into being an adult and their own kids. This is something that is a really big deal, and I've seen so many teenagers affected by it in a really, really difficult way that they're not able to be open about their sexuality or share with other people or with their parents and be able to navigate it in a healthy way. The longer uh, that you wait to address it, the more they're going to fill in the gaps on their own. So be the ones who help them fill in the gaps before those gaps even exist. And it might feel a little uncomfortable. It probably will. And you might be really scared or even terrified to have this conversation, but you have to do it. I'm telling you, you have to do it. Lean into that awkwardness. Do not let the awkwardness stop you. Don't let that be the reason that you and your, your kids aren't able to have this open conversation together. They need to know that these thoughts, these feelings... Is something that they can talk with you about and talk about it openly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was 15 years old, and we still had dial-up, and we had one computer in an open living room, but that's the first time I was exposed to pornography when I was 15. So it does not matter um, how much we try to limit. It's not an if, but it's a what will, what will kids do when 
What, are yeah, they ready sure. to combat it? Are they ready? Um, have we had those conversations? So I fully believe that we're in a battle and the enemy wants to do whatever he can do, use whatever he can to take us down. And this is a main area because everything is in secret because we're not talking about it. The enemy is using it so much, even it with Christians. So 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women admit to viewing porn at least monthly. This is serious. This is serious stuff. That's like eight out of ten of us who call themselves Christians are falling to this. And it's not just about pornography. It's about spiritual purity that we think that it's just hurting us. We think that it's not hurting at all, but it is. It's stealing from us. It's stealing from your families. It's stealing from you. It's stealing from your marriage. It is stealing from our church body. It, it has an effect on us, and um, we, are, we are in a battle, but I believe that we can stand up and that we can fight it um, because we have the tools to. I believe that sometimes we're like David in the Bible, if you know of David, where he had to fight a quite literal battle. He was supposed to go fight this battle, but he didn't. He stayed back home, and he fell to sexual temptations. I believe that we have a battle to fight, but sometimes we're just too distracted or don't think that it's that big of a battle. We just don't think it's that big of a deal, and so we don't stand up and fight it. We're too distracted from our mission, but I do think it is worth it because we are being stolen from because of secrecy when we can talk about it and we can get healed. So in Psalms 32.5, this is David, the one who I mentioned, um, stayed home and didn't fight the battle that he needed to. He says, finally, I confess all my sins to you and stop trying to hide my guilt. I say to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. And that's good news this morning. If we're missing the mark somewhere, our guilt can be gone. We can be freed of that in the name of Jesus. So no matter how trapped we might feel, there is hope. There is hope in this area. The Lord is faithful and he is just and he'll forgive us from all of our sins. But we've got to open up to him. Sometimes this area is even hidden from the Lord. We have every other area open, but this week. We haven't had a conversation with even the Lord about, let alone other people. It's time that we address it for what it is and open up and talk about it. And I do believe that it's worth fighting, that we can win this battle. I want to talk just a bit about shame. Um, shame isn't from the Lord. Conviction is, so maybe we're feeling a little bit of conviction this morning, but shame is not from the Lord. Um, and sometimes shame isn't necessarily even from sin, but it's just because we live in a really broken world. And sometimes outside of sin, we have deep insecurities and we have deep shame that we have to deal with. So it's not just a fight against sin, but it's a fight against some of those insecurities that are stealing away from the joy of having sex inside of marriage. So if you know that you have deep insecurities, you have a hard time even being naked in front of your spouse, that's a problem and it's stealing from us. And I think that it's time that we get real about those things and we stand up and fight for this good thing that God's given us. Yeah. And even if there's been abuse in your past that has stolen from you, invest in counseling and fight to see yourself the way that Jesus sees you. Because sometimes that's totally different. And if you're in the room and you know that there's deep pain and insecurity when it comes to sex, it's time that we fight 
to see ourselves the way that Jesus sees us. Also, I want to talk to the people in this room that maybe you're the one that someone's going to talk to. So we're talking about this. So maybe your kid, after you open up that conversation, your kid talks to you about something. Or maybe your spouse comes to you and um, wants to be open and honest. There are going to be feelings of pain and hurt and all kinds of other stuff. And that's perfectly valid and normal. And we're going to feel those feelings. But I hope that after a little while, we're able to look across from us and see people that God has given a destiny to, that he's calling them to be warriors in this battle, and that we're able to stand next to them and fight this battle. And as this community, if someone's talking to you or you're single people and you're talking with each other, let's fight this battle together. Fight against this sin, against insecurity and shame and secrecy that that really attacks this part of our life. We, we can do it. We just have to acknowledge it and face it head on because um, it's important. We don't need anything to be stealing away, away from us. And we might be lacking in grace or love or compassion for people, but God is not lacking at all. He has enough for us. If you think that you've messed up too far, he has the, the grace to cover it. A hundred percent. He has the forgiveness to cover it. If you're lacking in compassion toward other people who might be talking to you in any way or love for them, he has enough to cover you this morning. Um, and we've talked about a lot of different things, but I'd like to spend just in the next few minutes just reflecting and evaluating what God's asking of us. So if you want to mind just closing your, closing your eyes and bowing your head this morning. God has all of the grace that we need. And I believe he's here in this room. And Jesus wants to heal the broken parts of our hearts and be in this area, be the Lord of this area again. And maybe you're in this room and um, you've realized through the time of worship and even through this message that you need the Lord to be the Lord of your life over everything, that you've never actually fully, fully given your heart to the Lord and you want to ask him to be the savior of your life. So if you have never given to your life to the Lord or maybe you want to recommit your life to the Lord this morning, would you just lift your hand up? Everyone's eyes are closed. But if you want to give your life to the Lord, raise your hand. Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. Yeah, I see your hand. The Lord's here, and he's willing and able to cover every sin that we have. Together, all together as a group, I want to say this prayer. And for those who have raised your hand who want to commit your life to the Lord, repeat after me. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. I'm calling out to you. I'm calling out to you. I'm tired of doing things my own way. I'm tired of doing things my own way. I give you my life. I give you my life. I believe you died and rose to life to give me new life. I believe you died and rose to life to give me new life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins and save me. Thank you for giving me new life. Thank you for giving me new life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can we thank the Lord this morning?
If you raised your hand, that's not the end. We want to talk with you. So after service, we're going to be back here in the back by the new here booth. But stop by, and we'd love to talk to you about starting that relationship with the Lord. And this is something we don't want to leave here. Uh, We want to take this with us and apply it and alter something in our life that we can live a life that is a little more honoring to the Lord. And I want to remind you, sex is a good thing. It's something that God created, but in the right context. And each of us will deal with it. So let's do it together. So in your life, what conversation do you have to have this week about sex? Today or this week, but don't go this whole week without talking to someone about it. Because if you are single, you need to talk to someone. You need to have someone to wrestle through those thoughts with. If you're, if you're married, you need to talk with your spouse about it. Maybe you've never had the conversation, just sitting down talking, but you need to talk about sex this week. If you're a parent in the room, you have to talk to your kids about sex. Now, there is a right time as they're growing older, but they're a teenager, you've got to talk to them. And you need to open that conversation with them to make that a normal thing to talk about. And if there are things in your past, things that you've been holding on to, some things that you haven't ever gotten out into the light, you need to talk about those things. In James, it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. When we confess to the Lord, he forgives us of our sins. When we confess to other people, we find healing together. And if you've never said out loud to someone else the things you've been wrestling with, you need to. To find real healing and full freedom from it, you need to get it out in the open and deal with those things together. And so talk about sex this week. And in your situation, who that may be, it may be a little different. But talk about sex this week. Uh, so we can all start taking one step closer to freedom, to healing, and living a life that is fully honoring to God and to other people and as well to ourselves. Um, I want to pray really quickly and just ask the Lord to give us boldness, give us courage to do this because it can be difficult, um, but there is good ahead of us as we continue to not let that awkwardness stop us, but step forward, have a conversation, and start to live a life that's more honoring to the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this morning, God, this opportunity we have to come together and to learn together. And Lord, as we move forward, uh, we, wanna, we want to honor you, Lord, with our decisions. We want to honor the people that you've created, that you've put in our lives. We want to honor the body that you've given us, Lord. And as we do that, Jesus, help us to realize and meet, be clear with us what that conversation is that we need to have this week, maybe even today. And Lord, I pray that for every person in the room, you give them courage and boldness, Lord, to step forward, not let awkwardness stop them, not let fear or hesitation get in the way, but be able to address these situations, address sex, and make it open and normal and a regular conversation. Lord, this is just the beginning, and I believe there's freedom ahead. I believe there's healing ahead. And we thank you, Jesus, that we can trust you with it, that we can come to you with all of these things. Lord, we love you. Continue to have your way in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. What conversation do you need to have this week about sex? Is it with your spouse, with your kids, with a mentor or a leader in your life? Be bold and don't hesitate. Open that conversation sooner rather than later. Get it out in the open so we can navigate it together. There's freedom and there's healing ahead of you. Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new, and we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.